Welcome to the Perfect Time Podcast with Christy and Lindsay. Grab your coffee and let's chat mindset. In these mini episodes, we talk about how now is the perfect time to get in the best emotional, mental, and physical shape of our lives. Our minds are the most powerful tool we have. So let's grow together. Good morning, Perfect Timers. Today, we have a very, very special guest. My friend, Carrie, is here. And you guys, Carrie and I met online. (laughs) It's kind of ridiculous, but um, we did. And we, our relationship was online for a really long time. And we've since hung out a lot of times. But let me back up before I get too ahead of myself. Carrie's here today. She's going to chat with us um, a lot of like, really cool, like mindset topics that are, you know, like real life stuff. And Carrie just has, has done a lot of um, mindset work and work in general on herself. And I feel like she's going to offer really great perspective to everyone. So Carrie, welcome. Hi, thank you. Carrie is joining us from her car this morning and you'll see why in a second, because she's like, the coolest, busiest woman on the planet, and I love it. Um, so, Carrie, thanks for joining us. Yes, um, hi, Carrie. Hi. <laughs> okay, very- so Carrie, Carrie and I met through Beauty Counter, technically. We were both Beauty Counter consultants. If you're in the um, network marketing world, this will make sense to you. We were not on the same team. If you're not in the network marketing world, that just basically means like we weren't affiliated in a financial way to each other. So Carrie lives in Rhode Island. I'm in Columbus at the time. And we were in this large group of, well, I guess it was a medium-ish group of women chatting all beauty counter. And then Carrie, do you remember? I feel like it was like, you mentioned you were going through a hard time and I like side messaged you and asked you like what was going on. Is that how it went down? I can't remember. Remember, I just remember like, so that group was formed because I had gone on a retreat and I asked some of the leaders on our team to connect me with some like-minded women who are also around, like in the same place in their business as I was, where I had like this established business, you know, all of the tricks of the trade that everyone else was doing weren't really working for me because I had already done all that stuff and I needed to like freshen up my, my, um, my approach. And so anyway, I, I don't really remember like how we started chatting on the side. I just remember being like, I want to be her friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember like what started the side conversation, but it was, I don't remember. I don't, I don't feel like it was super personal initially, but maybe it was like, I, it's been like, what, three and a half years now. Yeah. I feel like I just side boxered you. And I was like, you had mentioned that you were going through a hard time. And I was like, I need to know more because I'm just like so direct like that. So I think that's, I think that's how it started. But anyway, uh, the hard hard time that you were going through was that you were beginning your divorce process at the time, I think. And, um, and so I really feel like, and, and, you know, we side note you guys for all the listeners, Carrie and I send each other like 15 minute long messages on the regular, like sometimes multiple times a day, you guys. Um, And so we know like 
everything about each other and more. <laughs> Carrie is Carrie lives in the closet where all of my skeletons are, basically. Yes. We basically, yes, we know we know way more about each other's lives than I think anyone, at least I can speak for myself, anyone in my life. Um, and it's funny, I always joke about like our friendship was like my prerequisite for online dating because it literally, this is a really long story, but I'll, I'll try to shorten it. But when we first actually met in person, I don't know if you remember this, Lindsay, if, if you guys knew each other yet, but it was like the, this whole thing on social media because- Yeah, I remember Christy posted it. <laughs> yeah, like everyone in our friend group was like cheering for us to meet for the first time in person. Like everybody was following our stories throughout the day and texting us like, did you guys actually meet yet? We were meeting at the airport and I was like nervous. And like, we had already at that point been communicating for a year and a half at least. Right. Um, and yeah, if, you know, if you're not familiar with Voxer, it's an app where you can leave each other these messages and we would, we, we still do every single day, almost. Um, at least 15 minutes. That's the maximum that you can do. So it cuts you off at 15. So we <laughs> so, use it. So anyway, we, yeah. So Carrie's starting this divorce process. And, um, and so Carrie, if you don't mind, like just talking about that, like as much yeah. as you feel comfortable, but I do feel like, and we, I know we've talked about this before, like, you know, marriage is really hard and, if you're doing it right, it's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Um, and I, and I say, if you're doing it right, because it's a lot of work and it's meant to be a lot of work. I think the things that, you know, are very valuable to our lives should be a lot of work and you can do marriage really easily. And that is just like, not thinking about the other person, not putting the other person first, not valuing their needs you can do it easily, but it's probably not going to work for the long run. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that all marriages that fail are because no one put in the work. I'm by no means saying that, but, but I am saying that marriage is freaking hard. And so, um, I know that, um, and maybe you'll talk a little bit about this, but after you started going through your divorce, you realized sort of how many other women were out there that needed someone else to talk about this topic with. And so um, I'm sure there are listeners out there right now who have struggled in their marriage. I know I have. And so I just think it's a nice thing to talk about because it's something that when you're going through a tough time in your marriage, you can feel scared to talk about isolated, alone, like no one else understands. And in fact, I think it's probably something that everyone understands. We're just not bringing to light enough. So I'm going to pass the mic to you. Tell us your story a little bit there if you want and excited. Sure. And yeah, I mean, I, I won't get into all the nitty gritty of like what happened in my marriage and all of that, but I do think that, um, one of the things that I realized, you know, like, like you were saying, I think, you know, there's this like surface level conversation where like, yeah, marriage is hard, like marriage is hard. And so I think for a really long time, that in my brain was like, yeah, everybody, everybody's having a hard time in marriage, right? Like every, everyone else is experiencing what I'm experiencing. Right. And I think at some point I realized that what I was dealing with was not normal marriage problems. These were problems that we could not get past, or I could not get past and move forward in my marriage. And so it took me, uh, five ish years of therapy, like 
intense five years of therapy to like finally make the decision to leave my marriage. And there's multiple reasons that I stayed as long as I did and all the things. And, um, but, but what I realized again, was that I I think there's two different ways you can look at this. There's one side where, you know, you can glorify divorce and I can talk about all the like glowing, wonderful things about divorce and what I found on the other side. And then there's the, the, the piece of it that's like, yeah, it's, it's marriage is like you said, marriage is really hard, but divorce is really hard. Like it's, it's all really hard. And so I know you guys talked about this before, but like, you're kind of choosing your heart. And for me, what it came down to at the end of the day was what's better for my children. Like, you know, I knew it was best for me, but I, but when it came to them, it was kind of like, okay, if, if like this pretty picture that I want of our lives and for them, for their lives, isn't actually what their life is. I'm holding on to something that doesn't exist. And then in the end, it's just going to hurt them more. Um, and so for me, like that was the final letting go, like where I was just like, okay, this isn't, this isn't the picture that I wanted, but I can make this the best picture possible going forward and do this the best way that I can um, so that they can have the best life and experience with their parents as possible. And again, it doesn't, it's not, it's not what I wanted and it's certainly not what they wanted, but what I wanted wasn't going to be the reality. So, um, but I also think that, you know, we can, there's so much, there's so much about my divorce that I could talk about in terms of like mindset, but it was a really, really difficult dark time. And I think that um, the lonely factor, I've talked about this many times with many people, I have a huge support system. I have an incredible family. I have, I have incredible in-laws. Like I have incredible siblings and parents and incredible friends. Like I am surrounded by a, a very supportive community of people and everyone was there for me during that time, but not a single person that I knew had been through divorce. I didn't even really have too many examples of like friends, parents, like a couple of my friends, parents were divorced. And so it's a really, really lonely place to be because you really can't understand it if you're not going through it fully, you know? Um, and so one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about it was because I get a lot of like, so my divorce went through a couple of years ago and we've been separated for about three and a half years now. And I think, I think that's about, right. um, I was one of the first people that I knew to go through a divorce. And now I'm starting to, you know, friends and family members are starting to go through divorces. And I'm finding a lot of people reaching out to me and telling me like, you do it so well. And like, you look so happy and and I love that because I think it gives people hope and, you know, there is like this beautiful life on the other side of it. And I also feel like I can at least, you know, be some kind of support for those people while they're going through something really difficult. And, and again, I know how lonely that feels. So, um, yeah, so that's just a little bit about the, the background of my divorce. But I think, I think going through something like that, again, I was in a very, very dark, dark place and, it took me a while to come out of it, but it literally for me was, I woke up one morning and I was like, I can be miserable every single day because this sucks. Like my life sucks right now. Like it really did. But I was like, I'm just going to choose to be happy. And you know, there's, there's a whole reason for that too. I, I met someone who really like, I, you know, Christine knows this, but like, I kind of credit him for changing my life in a lot of ways. Um, it was a relationship that didn't work out, but he just completely changed my perspective on life. And I was like, I get to be in control of this. Like I get to be in control of how I operate every single day. Like it doesn't really matter. Like what he's doing, my ex-husband, like how he's behaving. Like I get to wake up every day and choose 
how to, how my life is going to look from this day forward. And I just, every time I get into like a, a funk, I remind myself of that, that like I get to control this one thing and that's it. Like, that's all I can do. So. I love that. Yeah. I was listening to, um, I heard a, another friend yesterday was saying that she woke up one day she had been doing the same thing over and over. She was miserable and she just kept going the same route every single day. And she woke up, she finally woke up one day and she was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, it was not related to divorce. It was just her life. And, and she got out a piece of paper and she like made a contract for herself. She wrote her name. She wrote like, I will no longer operate this way. I choose this. And then she signed it. And like, she said- <laughs> As silly as that is, like making that written contract and putting it on her fridge was just exactly that. It was just a little mindset tweak to be like, I'm done. This is not working for me and I'm going to choose differently. And I, you know, I feel like that's kind of the conversation that you had with yourself. And I love that. And it's, um, work. it's not perfection by any means. Like there are days and obviously again, Christy knows all of the deep, dark parts of this, but there are days where I, I lose it. And there are other days where I can keep together really well. And, um, you know, just, just life in general, life is crazy. But I think again, like just reminding myself that I get to be in control of that one piece. It just kind of brings me back to that, to that. Yeah. Like, and to go back really quick to the, to the part where you were talking about, like the reason that you ultimately decided to leave your marriage was for your children and the choosing your heart. And I think you know, um, when, when a woman or, or a man, it doesn't mean just women, but when you, when someone decides to leave their marriage for their children, for the sake of their children, like that is to like, to dig into that for a second, like that's the most complex thing ever, right? Like you are going to require your little babies that you love so much. And all you want for them is comfort and the best, right? You're going to have to say to yourself, I'm going to completely turn their world upside down for a second in the big picture. I'm going to turn their world upside down for a second because long-term, I think this is going to be the best for them. This It's going to make them happier in the end. But you, you knew, and it did turn their world upside down for a second. And I'm sure they're still, you know, navigating all the things, but, um, but big picture, you knew that that was best for them. And that is just like the weight of that decision alone. Like, I just can't, that has to be so hard to say, like, I'm going to destroy I, them for temporarily. I'm going to destroy them, but long-term it's going to be better. And I think that there's like that fine line too. Like, I never want to be like an advocate for divorce. Like it's, you know, like it's, I feel like, again, you can use that as an excuse to like, not work on something. And, you know, I can, I can look back now and reflect on my marriage and say that there were certain things that I didn't like how I can, you know, certain, certain situations I didn't like how I conducted myself or certain things I know I needed to work on. Um, at the end of the day, we, we did, we, we did try, we did try to make it, to make it work. And ultimately it was just a very unhealthy relationship for both of us. And, um, and so I think that, you know, if you're, if you're going through something like this, like, I think you have to be really honest with yourself about, am I bored in this marriage? Am I, am I just unhappy because right now things aren't great? Or is there like a foundational, like fundamental issue that 
can't be fixed. And for us, like, that's ultimately how I felt. I don't really know how he felt, but that's how I felt that this was truly a toxic situation for both of us that was never going to be okay. And, um, you know, again, like you said, I, I knew that I was going to be like tearing our family apart and, and, and the family that I wanted for my children. But I also knew that the example that they were seeing was so much worse in the long run. And I think, again, there's that fine line between like, was this selfish because I wanted to be happy and, you know, all, all the things, like I, you, you go through this, this whole um, series of things in your head and ultimately like there's a piece of it that's selfish, but in the end, that selfish piece also affected my children. Like my kids need to see their mother happy. They need to see their dad, their dad happy. They need to see us in healthy, fulfilling relationships. And they were not getting that with us together. And I was getting nothing from that together. So again, holding on to this thing like so hard that wasn't working was only hurting everyone in the end. And so, yeah, it was really, really difficult for my kids. And it still is in a lot of ways. But, you know, being on the other side of it and several years in, I see, especially with my daughter, who's a little bit older, like she understands to an extent, to like a 10-year-old extent, she's 10, um, she understands now why we're not together and can can see us individually being happier. And that's, you know, ultimately like what was most important for me is that they understood that even as parents that we are important, like we are like our, like taking care of ourselves is more important than anything else in the entire world because then we can better take care of them. And when they become adults, they will value their own self self-care or self-preservation um, or whatever so that they can be the best humans they can be to other people around them. Yeah. Uh, that's huge. I mean, you talk a lot about, obviously you had a lot of support with your community, which is mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, I think like that changes everything truly when you have family and friends that you know are there for you during like those times. Um Talk to us about like how, I feel like this has to be such a pivotal moment of learning how to trust your intuition. Um, Mm -hmm. We talk about that a lot of like, what is my gut, my soul telling me in these situations? Like how has that impacted how you listen to yourself, how you trust yourself, how you're confident in your decisions going forward? Like how has that changed that or impacted that? Um. So I would say it's taken me a really long time to get to a place where like I could trust my intuition. And again, I, it took me like every single week I I went to therapy every single week. Like I remember my son was a baby, like he was an infant in like a carrier. Like when I started going to therapy, I think I may have been pregnant actually when I started going and I started going because I was not at a place where I could trust my, my gut. Like my gut was telling me that this situation was not right, but my heart was like pulling me to keep my children and this like nuclear family together. Um, and so again, it took years of therapy and I have been very, very lucky to have an incredible therapist. Like I just got really lucky with her. Um, cause I haven't had some, I've had some other experiences that weren't so great, but, um, she has just been like a really, I don't like almost like a checkpoint. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I don't tend to listen to a lot of people. Like I really do go off of my own instincts and, but it takes me a while. Like I'm not like super decisive when it comes to certain things. And so sometimes, especially with a decision like that, like 
you're constantly questioning yourself because there really is no good answer. Like staying wouldn't have been a good answer. Leaving wasn't a good answer. Like it really just came down to like, which is the lesser of the two evils and which is going to like in the big picture, make things better for me and for my kids. But you don't really know what that is. And so she just kind of helped me work through that. Um, and I think sometimes just gives me like little like perspective shifts. Like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll share something with her and I'll say like, well, I think about it this way. And she's like, well, like, what if you looked at it this way? And so without making decisions for me, she just allows me to like think around something. Um, and yeah. And I think just over time, it just took me a long time to like finally trust my instincts and, um, and honestly, like Christy and I, like we talk so much, like, like, like we, we, we always joke about this, but like, that's also a form of therapy. <laughs> oh yeah, like, for sure. Like it's been, you know, so many years of sharing like all these details of our lives. And so, you know, I, I, I obviously give you a lot of credit too, for like a lot of where I'm at, because I think we've talked so much about, about mindset and like, you know, again, about about just all, all these different life events and, and how to look at them from different perspectives. And that's really helped me a lot. But I, you know, again, I think it's all a work in progress. I don't think there's like ever going to be a day where I feel a hundred percent confident in every decision that I make. Like I just don't because it affects my, if it affects so many different things, but um, I don't know, just slowly over time getting a little bit more confident, I guess. And I, I like, again, I, I always, I always know like where my, where my heart's at. And I think that that's like the most important part is just like, does this, does this particular thing feel authentic to me, I guess, is like sort of how I, the, the best way that I can trust my intuition, I guess. Yeah. And I think like Carrie, like you're a very heart forward person. And I think you always have been, which is a wonderful thing, like totally wonderful period. But when you lead with your heart all the time, and I think this is what your therapist has kind of like helped you work through it. Like when you were constantly leading with your heart, you can get yourself into situations that may not be the best long-term because you're, you're not, you're not using both heart and brain to like work through something. It's all heartfelt. Like for instance, yep. this is how I feel. Like I lead with my heart when it comes to animals. So like if I only worked out of heart mode with animals, I would have like the SPCA here to like shut me down because I'd have every stray cat, stray dog, stray this, stray that, stray that. And that's what I mean by like only leading with your heart, you know, and then I have to let my, my brain come in and my husband and be like, no, you cannot have another animal on this. That's going to shut that down. Yes. Yeah. So like you need to have a little bit of both. And, yeah. and I think your therapist has really helped you work through like the brain and the heart coming together to be in a, in a, an alignment, you know? the hardest thing for me over the last, you know, decade of my life, because I couldn't even talk about the thought of divorce. When I first started working with her, I literally, like, if she mentioned my children, if, if it was, if it was in relation to me, I was fine. She mentioned my kids and I would literally, I couldn't get through a sentence because I could not, it literally broke my heart. Like it, it just, it felt so awful. And, you know, anyway, and then, um, as I've moved past the the divorce piece and kind of moved into like the dating world and, you know, all of that. And, and, you know, I was a, I was a baby when I met my husband, like I was very young and I didn't know how to, I didn't, I was always very mature, but I didn't have like the emotional 
maturity, I think, to think about things, obviously, like the way that I do now, life experience, age, all of those things like have, have played a huge factor, but, you know, played, played a huge role in this. But the way that I look at things now is completely different than how I looked at them when I met him. Like when I met him, I was like, I love him. Of course I want to marry him. Like, you know, and so I kind of came out of my divorce operating that way too. And like going into these relationships, like, um, my boyfriend actually now describes me as very whimsical. And I, and, and I, and I know when he says that he means it because it's because I operate with my heart. I don't really like, I don't really like to think too much about, um, I don't know. Like I, I have a hard time operating with my head and like exactly what you said, like that has been one of the things that I've had to work on the most with my therapist is, is really finding that balance. And I remember her saying something to me initially, like, I was like, I don't physically know how to do that. Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how to not like have my heart completely in something and to like have a little bit of a shield up. And she kept saying like, put a shield up, but like peek around it every once in a while. And so that's been something that I've had to work a lot on. And I, I think I finally am at a place where I, I feel comfortable with that balance, but it's, it, again, it took me a really, really long time to get there, like eight years. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I love that. And I think, you know, I mean, in a perfect world, we should all just be able to like be heart forward all the time. Right. Like, yep. I think that's how God intended us to be, but you know, it's not a perfect world. People are broken. And so, yeah, then we do have to shield up, armor up sometimes yep. to protect ourselves, to protect our kids, all the things. And, um, we're all learning. So I love that you've had a really good experience with your therapist. Um, it has it been the same therapist the whole time. Same gal. Okay. It was funny. I, um, when I was going through my divorce, my, I had a friend at the time who, it's funny. She had like severe, um, social anxiety and I didn't really understand anything about anxiety then. Like, I was like, really, you do like, you're so comfortable around people. Like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you know, like this, this therapist specializes in, in anxiety, but I think you'd really like her. And like, come to find out, you know, fast forward several years, like I have major anxiety. Like, and I never, if you had asked me like five years ago, like, do you, do you, do you experience anxiety? I'd be like, no. And now knowing what I know, and also just like how my how I've evolved over time. Like, I'm like, Oh, like, so I think it was funny. Like, I think she recognized it back then that like, I obviously like had this in me and that this therapist would be a good fit for me. And again, I just got really, really lucky that she has been, she has been like, you know, I think some people dread therapy. Like I look forward to it every single week. Like I love talking to her. She's become like a friend to me, but also, you know, is, is this incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes to like the human brain and, and how, you know, psychology and just how we, how we operate. And she knows me so well at this point. So I've been very, very lucky there. One thing that like, I mean, this, I'm on the outside looking in, but that I appreciate is just like, I can imagine how much work that is to face. I know that you're on the other side now, but like to face that every single, like that's exhausting to face that every single week. Like sometimes you're like, shut the door. I just don't even want to look at like what I'm dealing yeah. with in my life. And I think, I mean, that in itself is mindset work. It's facing what you need to face every single week, going there, showing up. I mean, I'm sure sometimes it was easier. Sometimes it was harder, but like, I think that consistency is just so admirable to know and to be like, going back to the confidence piece, like knowing that you did every single thing that you could talk through everything that you could work through everything that you could to find a decision that felt right for you. Um, yeah. 
And so I just think like, how hard was it to stay? I know you loved your therapist, but how hard is it to stay like so consistent on something that's like sucks your soul out? Well, it was, you know, when I first started going to her, it was a really difficult period in my life. Like, so I'll give you like a quick little rundown on my, on my career history here, but I was a wedding coordinator for about 13, 15 years, something like that. Um, when my daughter was born, so my daughter's 10, my son is seven and a half. And when my daughter was born, I started working from home. So this is a very, very, very full-time job working from home, like went from working like 60 to 80 hours a week to then having a newborn and trying to figure out how to manage that at home. And at the time that was kind of unheard of, like nobody worked from home then. Like now, like after COVID, like everybody works from home. It's like not a, not a thing anymore, but nobody worked from home then. And so after I had my son, you know, now I've got two kids at home and I'm trying to balance this. And I had a, my son didn't sleep like ever. He slept for like seven minutes at a time. My daughter, um, you know, was stopped napping like right after he was born. So I, I literally had like no downtime. And so it was funny, like I would go to my therapy and I would come in there like, like blazing through the door, like a, like a hurricane. And she would, always, she'd always say like, and how are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm fine. And she's like, you're always fine. You're always fine. And I'm like, well, I don't have a choice. And so this was the only thing that was for me. Like, it was literally like at that point in my life, like I wasn't, I was barely exercising. I think I, when, after my son was born, I was doing yoga very consistently because I had lost all of that after my daughter. There was very little that I was doing for myself. And this was like the one thing a week that I got to do. And my husband was not supportive of, of it because he knew that the reason that I was there was because I was having, I, because I was struggling with our marriage and, and he viewed as, um, as a, an invasion. Like it was like, it was me and my therapist against him kind of situation. And, and in a lot of ways it was because things were really bad at that point, but I really wanted to make sure that I was, that I was thinking through all of this, that I wasn't just making this brash decision and, and, you know, like abandoning my entire life because I was uncomfortable at the moment. And so, um, it was very, the, I think the most difficult part about showing up there every week was that I knew that when I left there, I had to go home and it was going to be really uncomfortable with him. And that was the hard part. And I think that for a lot of people that actually could be what would, what would pull you out of something like that, because, again, like I had to go home to him every time I would leave there. And he, and knowing like for him, it was, he knew that I was there talking about him. And so I would come home and it was like world war three, like he hated it. And so, um, I think that for a lot of people, like they probably would abandon that thing because it caused so much tension in, in their home life. But for me, I just, I knew, I knew I needed to like see it through. And I, and I didn't really know what the outcome was. Like I was adamant about keeping my marriage together when I went there. Like I was not going there with the, I was going there with the idea of like figuring out a way to like, to, to fix it, you know? Um, and so anyway, that's, you know, that it, it, it was very difficult to, to show up every week and, and go through that. And, but again, like that was then it was very difficult then now I look forward to it because I know that there's so much growth that happens there like every single time I talk to her, I discover something new about myself or, you know, um, a, a new tool. And she kind of helps me through a lot of like what I'm navigating now with, you know, post-divorce and co-parenting and um, all, all of that. And so now I look forward to it because I look at it as like an opportunity for me to 
learn something else or, you know, again, like add more tools to my box so that I can manage my life when I'm not on that call. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you were talking about how hard it would be to go and face your demons every week at therapy. That's kind of what popped up in my mind was like, that is such like a fixed versus growth mindset thing, right? Like you go every week knowing that you're going to have to face the hard, but you want to, because it's going to help you grow versus like a fixed mindset person is like, I'll just stay stuck where I am because it's easier and I don't have to do the work and I can't bring myself out of it. It's too paralyzing. It's too hard. And yes, those are hard things. But I think when you have this overall urge to just constantly grow and be better for yourself, for your family, for even, you know, like this is probably hard or maybe it's not Carrie for you to say, but like you were growing for your ex-husband too. Like you were trying to figure this out for him. Like I don't know that he would ever admit this or acknowledge this, but I think you probably helped him in a lot of ways too, you know, like through this whole process and we don't have to get into all that, but I just think you're growing for everyone involved, whether they, whether your kids see it in the moment, whether your husband sees it in the moment, like it's a decision to grow. So, but did you guys ever go to this, like really, um, oh my gosh, I need to find this. It was a meme that basically said the exact same or not a meme, but like a saying that said the same thing. And it was essentially like, when you put up boundaries, the people that benefit the most from your boundaries are the ones that need them. Like they're the ones. And and it's just like that whole concept of like, gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm hurting or I'm going to hurt them. And it's like, no, the reality is you both need what is being put up. And I mean, again, I don't know, like, the nitty gritty of this situation, but I mean, it is a boundary of like, this is no longer working for me. This is no longer serving me or you, but if you can't see it, I'm going to, I'm going to show it for you, yeah. you know? And that's like where, so I think, I think a couple of things, like not, not that this is about me and Christy, but you know, like one of the reasons I think you and I were, were drawn to each other is because of our, we both had that growth mindset. And I think you do too, Lindsay, Lindsay, you do too. And I think a lot of people in the type of work that we were all doing together, like, I think that's just how you have to, you kind of have to have that like personality piece in order to do something like Beauty Counter or Modere or any of these network marketing businesses. Um, So I think that's what initially drew us to each other. But I think one of the things that, and Christy, you can probably attest to this more than anyone, aside from the head and heart thing struggle that I had, the boundaries was boundaries has, has been one of the hardest things for me throughout this entire process. I had zero, I had, I didn't even like understand what that meant when I first like was going through a lot of this stuff. And now it's like an overarching theme in my entire life. Like I, especially when it comes to my divorce and my, my boyfriend and I talk about this all the time, because, you know, he, he has some, some, some boundary um, struggles with boundaries as well. And, and I always looked at that as like, I think before I really understood the the benefits, exactly what you were saying, Lindsay, that like boundaries are not just for me, they're for you as well, or you, or you, or you, like whoever, whoever I'm putting them up for, it's benefiting them. And I, I, my ex-husband is not able to do that for himself. And so I have to put those boundaries up to protect myself, but it also benefits him in the, in the big picture, because again, he he's his own worst enemy. And so if I don't put up those boundaries, then he, he's never going to, he's never going to like stop crossing over that line. Um, 
and, and it ultimately protects me. Like there's there, you know, I used to engage constantly. And so we would have this back and forth all the time. And I just like, it's, and, and it's not to say that I'm perfect. It's not like I never engage, but like 90% of the time now I'm able to say like, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. Like when I do that, it just, it, it does not help either one of us. It does not serve either one of us. But um, again, that's something that I really learned a lot from Christy because and Christy you know. is the queen of boundaries. I mean, she, you are so good at it, Christy. And I love mm-hmm. that about you. I think so. I yeah. think, well, I mean, I'm not just talking about like deep stuff. I just think like, you're like, if something, a time doesn't work for you, like you're good at like protecting yes. what you need to protect. And I don't think it's like abrasive or anything. I just think you're like, this works for me. This doesn't like, you're just very clear. And I think I'm kind of like, um, well, yeah, I rearranged my whole entire life to make that happen, you know? And I'm like, that is not normal. Like no one should do that. Like a simple no, that does not work for me is totally fine. And people appreciate it. I think it's weirder when you try to like flip the world upside down for people and they're like, wait, actually it's cool. Like just tell me when it works for you, you know? Yeah. I think this is like, Kara, I know I've used this example with you before, and this is like, again, a silly example. I'm pulling out all my animal examples today, but I once had a dog that I rescued in college and he, rest in peace, was like the worst dog and he was unneutered. And so he was probably two when I rescued him. And the only, he lived and breathed for hiking his leg and peeing on everything. And I was in this like super hippie phase where I would like walk around with no shoes on all around the town with my hippie dog who was like peeing on everything. And we were like this. And I was like, oh, free peace. Like, yes, the dog, he's peeing on everything, but that's what he's supposed to do. Like live and let live. And my, I remember going home, like after my senior year of college and my mom was like, you shouldn't let him pee on everything. And I was like, but mom, he's a dog. And that's like what what his heart yearns to do. He's like, and, and she was like, yeah, but like, look at him. He's so anxious. And I was like, no, he's not. He's fine. But she was right. I was allowing this dog to, this is literally the most ridiculous example, but it's not because I was allowing this dog to pee on everything. He was anxious because all he could think about was the next place he was going to pee. And I wasn't doing anybody any favors by allowing this dog to operate only out of his heart right and and pee everywhere and so that's ridiculous but I swear that was like the moment when I realized that we all need those boundaries because the second that I gave him those parameters that he couldn't pee on my friend's leg everybody was happier you know like (laughs) that oh I yeah so anyway he felt more free. I felt more in control and it just worked. And I realized like I needed those boundaries. My kid, my husband, my friends, we all, my workplace, like it just is a well-oiled machine when everyone knows their place and when to stop and go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like ultimately too, like the reason why I'm just talking about from myself, like the reason why I would not want to is I'm like, oh, I want people to like know that I love them or whatever. But essentially they, what they actually do is build trust. And I, right. I mean, Christy, like you and I just even working together doing this, like we've had to have conversations. And I think it's like, now I pretty much know, like she would tell me if something didn't work, you know? And I like that. I like that there's no guessing. Um, but I think it's one of those things like 
like many as an adult, when you're starting to learn those things as an adult, it's like the learning curve is just so much bigger than um, as a kid. If you adopt those skills, it's yeah. kind of, like you take them with you, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I also looked at it the same way as you, Lindsay, where like, I was like, you know, to me, like boundaries feel so cold and cruel and, um, and almost like you're shutting yourself off to the world. But again, I also appreciate, I appreciate like understanding someone else's boundaries and, and again, now, now knowing what that does for me and for whoever I'm dealing with in the moment, it's definitely helped, but it's it, that again, that's been, that's been something that has been a struggle. And, and again, I've had, you know, I've had, I've had, I've had this conversation with my boyfriend too, because, you know, he's kind of, when I first met him was sort of at the place that I was at, like maybe a year before, you know? And so like, when you're looking at it from a place where you've grown to and you, like, you can see it so clearly with, with someone else and, mm -hmm. um, you know, just navigating that process with him and some of the things that, that, that he's been dealing with, um, has been very interesting because again, you know, a couple of years ago, even a year ago, like I was, I could, I couldn't put up a boundary to save my life. I was like responding to every little stupid thing that my ex-husband did and allowing all these things to happen. And, and even with my kids, like it's been, it's been a, a, a big work in progress with them as well. And um, yeah, so that's something I think that, um, that definitely, again, progress over perfection, like everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, wait, I want to switch like, gears too, because I want to go back to when you were talking about your career and yeah. um, like, what does that look like now? And I know that you've made some changes since your divorce too, to like make life work for your kids and like how you value um, time with your kids and adventures that you guys go on. Um, yeah. How, like, what's your work? You have several jobs, right? What do you do? Tell yes. us. I feel like I always like take a deep breath and like laugh every time somebody asks me what I do. Like, I, I feel like I have the same response every time. I'm like, I have a million jobs. Like I have like six jobs. I don't even know. Um, but so to back up, so like I said, I was a wedding coordinator for many years. Uh, that was my career after I graduated college. I kind of got thrown into this industry and basically was a wedding, essentially a wedding planner, but for catering companies for the majority of my career. And, um, I, when my, when, when I was having my daughter, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I knew, that my my husband and I at the time like we kind of like sat down and looked at like you know the amount that I was working what my income was what was going to happen when we had my daughter like you know and, and we sort of decided that if I wasn't allowed to work from home then it wouldn't make sense for me to go back to work because there's I wouldn't be making enough money after daycare and all the things or whatever so anyway long story short is that we chose we they, they allowed me to work from home and I did that for seven years, I think wow. yeah, seven years, but that picture was rough. Like when you, when you talk about sacrifice, like for me, the focal point and the, the goal for me since the day I got pregnant with her was to be available to my children. And I don't mean in like a way that like, I'm like waiting on them hand and foot. I didn't want to be a stay at home mom in the sense that like, I didn't want to work at all, but I, but I wanted to be able to I wanted to be able to raise my children and I, and I, and I want to be very clear that that's not the, that's not like to say that if you are someone who wants to work and be at the office every day, like I had a friend at the time who we were having babies at the same time and we both had the same idea in our head that we were going to work from home. And 
she was like, I love my kids, but I can't do this. Like, I don't want to be at home. I like going into an office and checking out of like the mom mode for a little while. And for me, that was death. Like the idea of leaving my infant was death. Like I, I couldn't, I still like makes me like, it, it like hurts my heart to even think about that now. Um, I just really wanted to be there for all of it. And so I made a ton of sacrifices and most of it was, and I, and again, I'm not necessarily advocating for this for everyone. I got through it and I'm on the other side of it now, but I didn't sleep. Like I didn't, I sacrificed my health and my wellness in a lot of ways. And again, I'm not saying that's the, that was the right choice, but for me, the alternative felt a lot worse. And so I, I, I worked from home. I, I worked when she slept and she didn't sleep a lot. And then I, you know, worked until very late in the, in the night. Like I was notorious for sending emails at 2am because that's when I worked. Like I just didn't have the time to do it any other time. And then as my kids got a little bit older, um, I started to spend a little bit more time at my office. Like I had two days, one or two days a week that my mother-in-law would come and be with the kids, which felt much better to me than like sending them to daycare or whatever. Um, and so then I would go to the office and I would have like really focused time there. So anyway, that happened for about seven years and I got really burnt out. And again, it, it, it took a toll on my marriage. There's a lot of other reasons that that didn't work, but, um, it was very, very challenging. Um, but. I have remained consistent since day one that my priority has been being as available to my children as possible. Like I chose the hard of juggling my work life and um, balancing my career with also being able to get them off the bus every day and drop them off to school every day and shuffle them around to all their activities and make them dinner and all those things. Because the alternative for me, which was like either hiring someone or having, you know, family do that for them that felt so different. Like I just, I, for me, it wasn't the right choice. And so, um, about, about three and a half years ago, I just got burnt out. I got really burnt out in my industry. It, it was really challenging for me to, um, I wanted to, I'm the type of person that like, I want, I want to give a hundred percent at whatever I'm doing. And I always was a hundred percent in my career. And after having two kids and trying to juggle my career and being a mom, it was really hard. Like we could probably talk about this for hours, but like we're not set up as a society to be full-time parents and full-time, full-time workers. It's just impossible. Yeah. And my husband and I, like I, I, my health was like really suffering, like my mental health and my physical health. Like I just felt completely run down and drained, um, super, super stressed out all the time. And so I decided to leave that career and just kind of figure it out along the way. And it's been very scary. Like, honestly, like there are like days where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I'm, I'm literally like, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but I have remained consistent with a couple of things. And that is, again, I want to be there for my children. I only have a few more years of this where like, I, like they really need me. Um, and, and also like, what do I want my big picture career to look like? And so throughout this, over the, over the years I took on beauty counter. Um, so, so that's one of my, one of my streams of income is beauty counter. Um, I also, um, make elderberry syrup and that started like, so a lot of these things just sort of like happened to me. And I kind of just said yes to things along the way that seemed to make sense in where I wanted to go with my career, which is, I still haven't ironed it out completely, but I, I, I'm very passionate about health and wellness and yoga and children and like, again, just like that whole, that whole picture for me 
at some point I know is going to all fit together. And so I've just kind of said yes to things along the way that made sense. And so I teach kids yoga. I go around to preschools and daycares. And, um, and I also just started recently teaching um, kids in my studio that I go to. Um, I waitress a little bit. I just started doing some consulting work for um, a catering company um, that a, a friend of mine bought. Um, and what else do I do? I don't know. I feel like there's more stuff. Um, but again, I, I've sort of said yes to things along the way since I left that full-time career that some of the things I've had to say yes to are simply to make money. And I've had to like have that conversation with myself. Like, is this going to be worth it in the big picture? Or is this going to suck all of my life and energy and time just to make money? And then I'm not moving anything else forward that I want to be doing. Um, so I think, you know, like, again, there's, it's a constant juggle between doing what I want to be doing, having the freedom that I want and making enough money. Um, but again, I just keep like assessing each situation as I go and like saying yes to the things that feel right in that moment. Um, I just turned down a really big job offer that would have been like life-changing financially. Um, but I was having major anxiety about it because it would have changed every single thing about my life. And there were the, the three things that are most important to me are my, my um, freedom and flexibility, um, my time with my children and my time with my, my boyfriend or, you know, just like self-care in general, but like that, he's a huge part of that. And this job would have literally taken away all of those things. Um, it would have given me all the financial freedom that I needed, but I would have sacrificed the other three most important things in my life. And so, um, so I turned that down. And again, just, I just keep like plowing through like, okay, like the next thing is going to come along and it's going to fit in perfectly to this puzzle. And, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if that's the right approach, but that's where, that's where I'm at. But I it kind it. of, I mean, it has, it has worked out for you. Like, I know, like, you know, it's not always perfect, but you, you know, and by the way, that turning down of that big job that you just referred to, that was like how many month long process? I mean, you didn't just like shut that door. Like you thought about that and met with those people for a very long, you know, you went through that process. So, um, I feel like you made a very good choice there and you had the support of your family and all the things there. So that was like really good, but you've always had like opportunities arise when you've needed them, fin financial opportunities arise when you've needed them, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's cool too. It's like, um, after I worked full time and then started doing consulting work many years ago, I realized that there are so many opportunities that we just don't know about that exist. And like, I think once you kind of peek into that world, it gives you a lot of confidence that things can pop up because there's so many random jobs and things yeah. you've never thought of that people need help with. And especially like going back to the online world, I mean, if you have any consulting experience, um, there's stuff there. I don't know. I, I think it's either like you're wired one way or you're not, you either want this consistent. I know what to expect. I don't want any guesswork. I want the security, the benefits, all that stuff, or you're willing to kind of venture into a more like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust that things are going to pop up. And, um, that's like the entrepreneur mindset, you know, of risk yeah. and, um, yeah. to have it all right. Like to have what, 
you said like your three things and it's kind of like your mental vision board if you can keep your eyes on that and obviously like some things happen in life and if you had to you know you would go to plan b but um I and I think that, that like I think also given that I've experienced both sides of it like if I hadn't gone through that period of time where I worked like like anyone who knows me from like the wedding world knows I am a worker like I and almost to a fault like I was I, I always say like I'm a recovering workaholic because I literally like would burn myself to the bone um, because I wanted to make sure that I did my job a hundred percent. And, um, and so I think if I didn't experience that, then I probably wouldn't have the mindset that I do now. And again, like Christy said, like I pined over that job for like two months. Like I was, you know, sitting there, like moving things around on my calendar, trying to see like, how can I make this work? and still be all the things that I want to be. And I was willing to make some sacrifices, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't, it wasn't, I was going to sacrifice way too much in order for that to work. And I just know myself. And at this point in my life, like I felt so much relief when I didn't take that position. I remember like leaving yoga one day and I was like, I wouldn't have been able to do this today. Like there are certain things that like, I know I need to function as a full, full, human being, like to be my best person, I, I need certain things. And it's taken me a long time to figure out all of those things and what they are. But now that I know them, I can't go backwards. And so everything that I do needs to be propelling me forwards in the direction that I want to be going, or it just doesn't, it's just not going to work for me. Um, and so, and again, you know, I will give the caveat too, that like, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of support. Like I have you know, some safety nets that I can rely on and, and not everybody has that. And so, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not over here. Like I'm this super independent woman and I'm just making it all work like every day. Like I, I have had to like fall back on my parents sometimes. And again, I'm very fortunate to have that, but, um, but again, I, I've just, if I, if I had to, then I would obviously make certain sacrifices in order to like make ends meet. And, um, you know, thankfully, like I have the, I think a lot of it too, like I'm, I'm not trying to like discredit all of the hard work that I've done. I think a lot of it too has been the decisions that I've made along the way that have provided me with these connections that do keep opening. Like you said, Christy, like that keep opening these doors. Like I do have a lot of opportunities that keep popping up because I've made so many connections along the way. And in my head, I know that if I just stay this track, that it's all going to come together someday because I've put in so much work to get to that place. So Hopefully that's what's actually going to happen. I love that. Until then, girl, you keep hustling that elderberry syrup. Okay. <laughs> can you, can you bring some of that to Ohio and we can sell that's it on the farm? And make some with your honey. Yes. Ooh. Yes. We can do a collab. We can do Ooh. a collab. Okay. So we're running out of time. Thank you so yep. much for chatting with us today. One final question, because we talked a lot about divorce and hard and all the things, but I do want to highlight that you, you know, I know you've already talked about it a little bit, but you have a newish relationship and I'm very happy for you about that. And, um, what we didn't get to talk about today was the dating world and how like much of a struggle that was. So we'll leave that for another time, but, um, dating as a, as an adult, as a divorced woman with children is not easy. And you navigated that so well, and I'm very proud of you and I'm happy for your new relationship. So Quickly, just for fun, tell us what a perfect date looks like with your new boyfriend. Um, so 
yes, would love to talk sometime about all the craziness of dating, but. Oh my gosh, me um, too. <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm not like sick. You'll have to write a book. You'll have to write a book. Oh, I have a friend who actually has a book started. It's hilarious. The opening page. Well, we could talk about it another time. But anyway, um, so my boyfriend and I, as Christy knows, we live an hour away from each other, which is a whole nother story. But um, so the the really cool part about that is that when we are together, we are very much together. Like we're, it's very rare that we're like juggling real life stuff together. So our time together is very focused, which is really, really special. Um, but honestly, like we're both pretty low key in terms of like what we like to do. Like we both love to just like be outside and doing something physical or active. And so I would say like my favorite thing to do with him, honestly, is to just like go for a hike or go rock climbing. We both love to go rock climbing. Um, so a lot of times like Friday night, like for a little while, like was our, was our like date night rock climbing night. Like anytime he would come to my place on a Friday night, we would go rock climbing and then maybe go grab a beer afterwards. Can't drink beer right now, but for a while that was my, that was our thing. Um, and then, and then again, like sometimes if we're, if we go, like if we have a day together, we'll go for like a long hike and we'll bring my dog. Um, that's, that's, I would say like, that's my ideal. Like, I just, I really, I like, I love to get dressed up and go out, but like at, at like my, in my, like my heart, like I love just like being in like yoga pants and getting out in nature or going and doing something physical. So I love that. I want to say really quick. The reason that you cannot, this is for all the listeners. She is not pregnant. That's not why she can't drink beer. (laughs) She's doing like an elimination diet, which I wish we could talk about. That's another thing. Okay. So we have to have it on two more times. I want to hear about all your wellness stuff because it's fascinating, but we'll have to part two and three. Yeah, no, I can't have beer because I can't have gluten right now for another three and a half months at least. Um, have you no, tried I'm, Omission or any of those gluten-free beers? I mean, it's definitely not the same as your beer. Yeah, but I, I think after, in, in a couple of weeks, my the first round of my elimination diet is over. And there's a lot of things that I can't have with that first round. And so after that, then I may be a little bit more comfortable trying some other things, but I, I, I do actually want to try gluten-free beer. But you have to it. be off beer for like a long time to be like, oh, this actually tastes good. Cause it's, it's not, it's not like and I, anything like, yeah. like a regular beer. Yeah. Like I definitely, I definitely feel like I haven't had it in so long. Anything will probably taste. Yeah. Delicious. You would like it then it's good. It's like distance yeah. makes the heart grow fonder. Oh uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. You're the coolest, of course, my very dearest friend. I love you. I wish I could give you a hug right now. Um, so and- nice, like, we only talk like on Voxer where we can't see each other's faces. So it's like, I know. this is it fun. Wasn't for- I could never see your face. We should just like zoom chat every day instead. How yeah. about that? <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us. We'll have to have you back on to chat all the other things. And I hope that, um, you know, just the takeaway from this is like, life is hard, lead with your heart, but also have a little shield up and um, focus on growth. And I think if, if, if you're thinking about leaving your marriage or whatever, like put in the work, do the work, make sure it's the right choice because it's hard on both sides. So choose your heart as always. And yeah, Carrie, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you. Okay. But before we end, Carrie, don't, you don't have to hang around for this if you have to go, but, um, we wanted to talk really quick about our May challenge, our 30 day challenge. We're still doing that. You guys, it is what we decided to set up for new year's, but for May, the month of May, um, 
we're going to do sunshine in the eyes. Christy, tell people why sunshine in your eyeballs without glasses first thing in the morning is good for our bodies. Carrie could probably chime into this too. Um, but yeah, that. so in the morning, the morning sun signals your brain, your body, your hormones. It literally is the controller of your hormones. Your whole signaling comes from the sun. And so if you get outside in the morning sun, no glasses, no contacts, you can't be behind a car window or your bedroom window, um, no sunscreen, no makeup, as little clothing as you can, just go out. This is your permission to go outside on your front porch in the nude um, and sit for as long as you can. But our goal for you is 10 minutes. Um, you are going to get your body. The sun is going to give your body the signaling it needs to turn off your melatonin production. So it's going to wake you up um, and it's going to signal your hormones to start working for you that day. Um, and so that is, I mean, I, there's books written on this, so, but that is just the nitty gritty of it, um, is just to let your body have the signaling from the sun to start your day. Um, it is going to change your entire day. I promise you. So if you can just get outside unfiltered for 10 minutes in the morning, um, I like to spend that 10 minutes listening to a podcast or what if you listen to this podcast in the morning outside? There you go. Um, or some sort of prayer or affirmation. Just really take that 10 minutes to let the sun program you for the day. Boom. Yeah. Gonna... And then the other part, if you're like a hardcore person, do it at night too when the sun is setting. And what that does too is it helps set, it's like natural melatonin. It helps yep. you go to bed earlier. Like it's the whole, like Christy said, it's the whole shebang. It's the sleep cycle, it's your hormones, all of that. Um, Dr. Courtney Hunt is the one that she teaches on this all the time. If you follow her fair warning, we've already told you she's aggressive, but she's very insightful. If you want to follow her on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's great. That's our challenge. Sun in the eyes. First thing in the morning. I don't really know all that much about it. It's funny. Like I remember like the first trip that we went on, like you didn't wear sunglasses and I was like, do you not wear sunglasses? And like, I've just stopped wearing them for the most part, unless I'm wearing them because I literally can't handle the sun in my eyes. And everybody's always like, why don't you just put sunglasses on? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why. I just know it's good. <laughs> yes. No, I am team no sunglasses. And when I see a child in sunglasses, I feel like, oh my gosh, I just want to go rip them off their face because we all need that programming from the sun. Now I will say that my crow's feet have exponentially gotten way worse and I need Botox around my eyes now, but I know that my son has programmed on my body. And so oh, you need, I did the goosh. What is it called? I don't even know how to pronounce it. What is it? Guasha. Yeah. Okay. That, um, the Jade stone, that's what you need to do. Just Okay. I have one. I, need, I just never use it. Okay. Yeah. So I need to shot. And I use my your face and then use it. Um, okay, cool. Well, this, that's our challenge. Let's try to do that together. I mean, not together, but together. And, um, again, Carrie, thank you for waking up early in the morning to chat with us. You're the best. Thank you guys. I'm so excited to finally be on my favorite podcast. Yay. Well, this is not a short segment. This was probably going to be like an hour. But... I knew it wasn't going to be. Yeah. I was like, there's no way I can condense my conversation. I know. It's all good.
I could have chatted for more hours, so we'll oh, have to do it again. Same. I okay. have to leave to take Zeke to school, though, so that's my um. Okay, my let's help. go. <laughs> All right, Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.